Viasat traces outage to exploit of VPN misconfiguration, and bank on seeing more targeted attacks on financial services. These stories and more on this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. Where are all of the Russian cyber attacks targeting Ukraine? Since Russia invaded Ukraine last month, cybersecurity experts continue to be struck by the apparent paucity of major cyber attacks. But many signs do now point to Russia having knocked offline tens of thousands of users of the Viasat satellite communications network. Joining me to discuss is Matthew Schwartz, executive editor for Data Breach Today in Europe. Matt, has this attack been officially attributed to any nation state, APT group or government? Not yet, Anna. There are media reports sourced, as always, to unnamed U.S. officials saying they strongly suspect that Russia's military intelligence establishment was behind these attacks. But that's pretty obvious based on the timing and what has already publicly come to light about these attacks, which is that at about the same time that Russian troops and tanks crossed the border into Ukraine on February 24th, there was a massive outage affecting satellite modem users in Central Europe, including in Ukraine. Ultimately, it seems like 30,000 or more residential broadband modem users lost their internet access for days or weeks. How severe was this? Well, on March 15th, Ukrainian cybersecurity official Viktor Zora told reporters the disruption was a really huge loss in communications in the beginning of war. And given the timing, this obviously would seem to trace to Russia or a close ally such as Belarus. And as more information about the attack continues to come to light, what's the latest? Well, as I mentioned, the latest we have now is a bit more precision. 5.02 a.m. local time in Ukraine on February 24th is when the attack hit. That's when Viasat says that high volumes of focused malicious traffic began to get issued by two modems that were part of a consumer-focused network segment run by Italy-based Skylogic. So Skylogic is a subsidiary of French satellite operator Utelsat, which uses Viasat's satellite communications network, which is called KASAT, just to get that out of the way. So what happened was there was a denial of service attack via these two modems. It made it difficult for these tens of thousands of other modems to connect to the network. We know this because after the outage, Viasat brought in Mandian, the digital forensics investigation firm, and it's been issuing regular updates on the investigation. So on Wednesday, it reported that investigators found that attackers first broke in by finding a misconfiguration in Viasat's VPN appliance. They used this to gain remote access to a trusted management segment. Having access to that allowed them to issue direct commands to the modems. At first, they seem to have done the disruption via the two modems, making a denial of service attack. After that, though, they started communicating directly with all the modems, issuing what Viasat said were destructive commands that overwrote the flash memory in the modems that rendered them unable to access the network. So basically, the attackers said, disable your internet access, Mr. Modem. So this didn't apparently leave the modems bricked or permanently unusable. And Viasat says that it's been able to actually restore access by sending fresh over-the-air commands to affected modems to get them back online, basically telling them to wake up again. Unfortunately, this doesn't seem to have worked for all the modems. 
And so it's been shipping replacements as the easiest and most expedient way to help a lot of users get back online. 30,000 modems is the figure that it's most recently said, and it says more modems are at the ready if necessary. So obviously we had tens of thousands of users here who were disrupted. When might we see Western governments or Ukraine attribute this attack? So attribution is a really interesting concept in that it's inherently political. It only happens when there is a good reason for a government to attribute. Obviously, there could be a number of factors in play there, way above our pay grade, right? In terms of the diplomacy involved, trying not to give Russia an easy and cheap way to maybe escalate its attacks and so on. So I don't know if or when we'll see attribution, but we are seeing more details come up about because Viasat says it's continuing to work with various government cybersecurity agencies and also law enforcement agencies to investigate the attack. And with attribution, just because you have someone to blame doesn't mean you're blameless, at least from a preparation standpoint. Exactly. So nation state attackers, criminal hackers, bored teenagers, sometimes people who fall into one or more of those categories, inevitably will look for the quickest and easiest way into a network. Initial reports suggested that the disruption of access to KASAT traced to a sophisticated attack. But as Thomas Ridd, a professor of strategic studies at Johns Hopkins University, who is a close follower of APT nation state attacks, has noted, one takeaway from this latest breach report is that the attack was significantly less sophisticated than expected and required much less preparation than many had assumed. Basically, Viasat seems to have flubbed the setup of its VPN appliance or software, whatever it was using. Attackers found that and it gave them an easy way to come storming through the gates. So if there was one takeaway. One takeaway, right. It would be this. Always, always remain focused on the basics. And even when you think everything's 100% locked down, you get new systems, systems get updated, you get new personnel with less experience. So go back, check your maths, as they say. Make sure the basics continue to be taken care of. Never make life easy for attackers. I appreciate your insight as always, Matt. Thanks, Anna. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. In response to severe sanctions being imposed by the West, banks in particular remain braced for retaliatory attacks to be launched by Russia against Western targets. So what happens next? Here's ISMG's Matthew Schwartz. Following Russian President Vladimir Putin ordering his forces last month to invade Ukraine, Western governments have imposed serious sanctions on Russia. As a result, cybersecurity agencies in the United States and Britain are warning that Russia may choose to retaliate against the West with cyber attacks. Likely targets remain the private organizations that run the national critical infrastructure, including banks. Now, the attackers could be Russian military or intelligence agencies, perhaps, or they could be Russian cyber criminals being used as convenient proxies or cutouts. Now, if that's the warning that's being sounded, what happens next? I put that question to John Foker, the head of cyber investigations at security firm Trellix. So let me reach around and grab my crystal ball. <laughs> uh, it is a 
and this is actually what I believe that we are at a, a crossroad when it comes to the threat landscape. A lot of things in the past have been pretty, yes, we could anticipate certain things coming. We could look at certain adversaries and you kind of know your adversary, just like know your customer. However, given the recent sanctions, especially on Russia, it kind of changes the threat landscape into an unknown or uncharted yeah, territory. And we don't, we don't 100% well know what could happen. We can make a worst case scenario or a best case scenario. But the matter of the fact is, if you look at all the international financial sanctions on the Russian Federation, and that's not only the regular banks, but even larger Bitcoin exchanges, all the way up to internet exchanges, dropping peering with Russian networks, it could have a very, very hard financial impact on that country. It already has. And it's it's the way I see it from a political point of view or, or a strategic point of view, it's kind of spiraling down towards that level of an Iran and a DPRK. Whereas, mind you, Russia has tremendous national resources. However, if they do want to gather or if they want to pursue financial gain through cyber criminal means or cyber their cyber capability from the nation state, it will be very interesting to see because their sophistication is of a different level as opposed to the other two uh, threat actors or the countries. So that is a, a bit of caution. So if their agenda for using their cyber means moves from espionage and disruptive attacks to also financial gain, I think we need to strap in and put our shields up because there is a lot that we can expect. So Trellix has been charting a sharp rise in attacks against financial services firms. And to be clear, this is from well before the Russia-Ukraine war began. Folker emphasized that banks already have some of the world's foremost defenses. But he notes that with the threat landscape changing, they're still going to require some adaptation. I don't want to scare people off, but I do want to... um make them aware that the threat landscape might be changing, that you can expect different threat actors. But at the same time, I'm very confident in the financial sector that they're doing the right thing. And uh, if they continue down that path, um, really detecting anomalies in behavior, uh, striving for more of an an XDR, as we call it within Trellix type of strategy that you on multiple fronts detect anomalous behavior. So not only trust your endpoint, but hey, from email, from the whole chain where an attack takes place, you have visibility and ways to stop things. I'm in the business of threat intelligence. So intelligence, there's a worst case scenario and there is a most likely and there is the least case scenario. So if you plan for the worst case scenario and it's the least case scenario, the least severe outcome, you're good. And finally, everybody's talking about application security. Incidents like SolarWinds and Log4j have got organizations thinking hard about the use of open source code and software supply chain security. So how can organizations modernize their security operations? Well, someone who's in the process of doing so is Vinod Ramapuram, State Chief Information Security Officer, Office of Cybersecurity at the State of Washington. He had a conversation with our Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, at our recent Pacific Northwest Summit on how he's modernizing security operations within the state. From a security ops modernization perspective, there are three areas that are core objectives. One, really leveraging automation and putting automation to use so that the tools are providing that hands and legs support while the human brain, the intelligence is used for the analysis that goes behind. So that's my first one. Two, 
this is a conversation i have been socializing a lot as well we are not using data from our tools the way we need to so we have all these different tools they collect data the data allows you to take an action but to me that translates into reaction that's an after action how do we take the data in a way that the data having a strong data management strategy how can we turn the data into predictive risk right now what we are doing is more reactive to risk i see a data i see a tool throwing out an alert i know this is something i have to review i have to investigate see what i need to do it's all reactionary again taking into context the business that you are in it's very important to now modernize your security operations where you are going to use data to for predictive risk that's what i like to call it so how do you predict risk as against just always reacting so creating the data intelligence creating the strategy for data that you collect from all these devices and really escalating that to generate the right level of intelligence to take those predictive actions i think that's where we see our security operations being modernized that's it from the ismg security report theme music is by ithaca audio i'm anna delaney until next time 